and welcome to the Professor Jones and the Digs podcast. My name is Dave Jones, and I am the Professor. My name is Danny Jones, and I am the Digs. Professor Jones is a podcast dedicated to the art of film and cinema, and this week we are continuing in our Avengers movie month, and we are talking about the pretty great Captain America Civil War. I don't think anybody's going to deny that this movie was pretty great. So, uh, I mean, there's there's a couple sides just torn about it. It's been a civil war. Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, don't I worry, don't we'll know. get to the civil war puns. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna start off this week talking a little bro down, and I'm gonna start out this week. Uh, this is actually a bro down that I was considering for a long time, um, and I'm excited to talk about it. So uh, recently, um, I, I was teaching at a middle school, and uh, we got done with a, a big project or um, thing that we were looking forward to and so we had a couple of days in which I told the the students that we would just watch some movies and we would just get to enjoy ourselves and each class got to pick a different movie and we would enjoy ourselves for two, for two days and I watched uh, all Disney movies and the Disney movies that we watched were Tangled, Frozen, and Moana and then we watched Lion King in one class as well but I hadn't seen any of those Disney movies in a long time, or at least I hadn't seen Tangled before, but I had seen the other ones when they came out. You had out never some, seen Tangled? I had seen bits and pieces. I had never actually sat oh, through and watched the whole thing. Nice. Um, and so I watched all three of those movies, and I was sitting there like, oh my gosh, these movies are so good. <laughs> like these, This yeah. is incredible. I was kind of blown away with each of them as I, as I watched it, and especially watching them with like a middle school audience because those guys were, they were so into it, and they were, they were singing along and laughing at the jokes uh, just like I would watch The Lion King or Aladdin and stuff like that. And so that, that struck me pretty hard. But then more recently, um, I sat down with our niece, Jerrica, and I watched uh, Coco, and that oh, okay. movie is unreal like it's seriously one of the best disney movies that i've ever seen in my entire really? life it is so good the music is on point it's freaking awesome and the animation it's probably the best animated uh disney or best animated children's movie ever like well, it got best un- animated in it it, di- it did yeah Oscars. yeah yeah so it's it's awesome but um that that is my bro down is i just want to say that um i think that a lot of times and i remember in a podcast uh, like last summer we talked about uh kids movies and how kids movies aren't so good anymore and like what happened in the movies that we watched as a child um but i think that there are some really really good movies uh that have come out in the last like five or six eight years whatever whenever it was that frozen started all that but there's some really good ones coming out and uh it actually just got me more excited to see what see what disney has up their sleeve as far as these uh animated musicals because they are just every single one of them is so good i've loved it so far yeah so i i don't know how they keep doing it too i mean i haven't seen coco so i can't really talk about that but just as far as tangled moana frozen go um I think they're all incredible. When I first because I actually I held off on watching Tangled for quite a while. I was forced to go to Frozen. Um and might I add, I just wasn't that happy about it. I was like, okay, we'll go see Frozen. Right. But then we got into the movie and she goes, The cold never bothered me anyway, and does that line. And the the theater was pretty silent, and I go, You go, girl. <laughs> it was one of those one liners in a theater that like I immediately loved that. Might I say that I actually watched that in in the cl- 
we watched that movie and in the class I said that line and it got a great <laughs> it got a great a great laugh from the students. So thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, um but yeah, I ended up loving that movie. Uh and more recently Moana the, it's just the music in them as well as the animation's incredible, but like the music choices and uh and the uh, the songs that are written for these movies like Moana, the away, away, that that like cool little yeah, tune. That, yeah, that like, one's really those, good. Those are really just really great songs. Um, like I said, I haven't seen Kubo, so it's or sorry, uh, Coco. So I don't know. And Kubo, for some Coco. reason, the Kubo Coco. Uh, who knows? Um, I don't know. The the thing is with Coco before it came out, I feel like I was kind of just because I am such a huge Kubo fan. I really love that movie. Um, and I saw the Coco trailer and it's this kid playing music, doing something. So I immediately was kind of like, eh, I don't want to see that. They're ripping off, um, Leica and, and their ideas or something. But now that I've been hearing about Coco so much and just knowing how good all these other movies are, um, it's great. But it, let me ask you a question. Um, what did you think of that, that, uh, nearing the end um, of Tangled, that like final song, the little duet they do with the uh, the lights floating in the air and all that. Oh my gosh, man, that might be my favorite song out of every I know. everything that's in all of those movies. Like that song, um, oh man, it it is so good. And like I, I that song is incredible to me. And it's actually funny because um, the sixth graders that I was that I was uh, my sixth grade class, uh, they started calling me Flynn Rider because they thought that I uh. looked like him. <laughs> And it was a choir yeah. class, and so uh, one day I threw up that song on karaoke. You threw and up? I threw up on the karaoke <laughs> machine. No, I threw that up on the U- on the YouTube, and we we sang that song as a class. But I was the only guy because in sixth grade, like all the guys have female voices. And so anyway, yeah. I was saying the male part and it was like, it was super fun. And like, anyway, ever since then they've called me Flynn Rider. Um, but man, that song is just the absolute best. I love it. It's so that. good. Yeah. Oh. It's, and it it's gets, ridiculous. Oh, when he, when he breaks into the harmony right at the I end, know, cause they're singing unison and then Flynn goes up and uh-huh. sings. Oh man, it's such I amazing know, getting... harmony, <laughs> but that's, you know, and there's also like that, um, let it go in frozen has that same type of feel for me. Uh, it got way overplayed. And so I guess it kind of got old, but it is still incredible. Adina Menzel is a fantastic actress as well as singer. Um, and she, she's so amazing. But I remember I went and saw, I went and saw frozen with mom and mom and I really liked it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, our sister Katie has to see this. And so I took Katie and Katie, you know, she was kind of like, oh, this is fine. It's fun, whatever. And then as soon as, as soon as she gets onto that, like that mountain top, you know, and she's walking in the snow and the piano comes in all light, I like looked over at Katie and I was like, oh, you have no idea what's about to hit you. Yeah, I know. It's, it's just like, insane. It's like you're about to go is. on a roller coaster, roller coaster of emotion. Cause yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that the first time you hear that it is so good, so good. you know, yeah. I feel like some, I feel like a lot of songs and a lot of musicals are kind of a slow burn, you know, they, they get better the more you listen to it, but let it go. I don't know if it'll ever be better than the first time I heard it. I, I don't was think like, so. Oh my gosh, this is well, incredible. The problem with it is these movies are so huge with such a younger generation as well. Um, it's just like. You love these songs so much, but then you're constantly surrounded by young children singing these songs all day, 
every day. You know, I feel like even though I don't even have a kid of my own and stuff, and you know, I'm, I really don't, it's not like I work in a daycare or anything like that. Um, but I feel like just even in my normal life that I live, I end up hearing a lot of kids singing these songs. <laughs> you know, well, you can and go anywhere. Yeah, and that's yeah. also something that I I feel like with Coco. It's like I want to recommend it to people because I think that there was this um, during Moana and during Frozen and Tangled maybe not so much, but it seemed like there was so much, so many toys and memorabilia and freaking just so much marketing for those. And it was just I saw those movies everywhere and Coco kind of came and went and I feel like it wasn't as much of a hit as it should be because it is seriously such an amazing movie. And I feel like there was that day of the dead movie that came out not too long ago. I can't remember who, who directed that or whatever. It was an animated movie. Um, and it was, it was fine or whatever, but it felt like Coco came out after that. Um, and maybe like the Dia de los Muertos thing is, I, I don't know, for some reason it just didn't, it wasn't as strong. It didn't hit as well, but it is, it is so good. There's a scene that yeah. you would love. There's a scene where the character, Characters playing guitar and the animation, like it just shows his fingers playing guitar and he's doing exactly what you would do on guitar. Like it's just, it's such a well animated scene. Like it's incredible and the music's so beautiful and it has like, it just celebrates like Mexican culture so well and like the music is just, it's so culturally appropriate and it like, I don't know. It just like pays pays homage to like Mexican history in such a good way, and I, I it's such a beautiful movie. I, I forget I love it. what's the director's name. Do you remember? Oh shoot, I, I don't remember the director's name. Um, something Vega or Daniel Vega or something like that. Uh, he is he's the like the main actor in Mozart in the Jungle on Amazon. That's a really good show. I actually highly recommend it because that little dude is hilarious. <laughs> he's like he's like five four or five five or something like that he's a tiny little guy and he's so funny is it really i don't i don't, I don't know i see adriana molina and lee unkrich i think he directed it or maybe he just did all the music for it or something maybe that's it i'm not sure i'm not sure i'd have to look more into the the production of coco but yeah it's a good one so if anybody out there hasn't seen coco please go watch it Go out to your local movie store and buy, and it, buy it and rent, or rent it, it or and watch it. it. It's so good. Anyway, but that's enough of kids' movie talk. So you go on with your bro down. Dun 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 dun. Um, that was a poor. <laughs> I always ride with that. Um, season two Westworld starts. Tonight or this it's, week? Uh, it's tonight, isn't it? It starts tonight, um, which I found out yesterday. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Wait, what? <laughs> what? What'd you say?" Um, I don't know. I feel like it. It is the type of show that I know we talked about it a bit on our top ten TV shows. I feel like that first season alone, though, is almost enough to deserve its own episode, but um, its own podcast episode. Maybe but, we'll do one at the end of this season or something. Yeah, that'd be great just to do like a group. But um, I am extremely excited for the second season of Westworld. It's one of the most promising TV shows, I think, on television right now, um, or at least on just streaming. Um, HBO. No, it's actually on television, HBO. Um, 
but I am just so stoked for it. The first season blew my mind. I have had a chance to watch it uh, twice now, so I just wanted to see what you thought about Westworld, and I don't know. Just pick your brain a little bit. Yeah, no, no, real. totally, man. I'm I'm way excited. I mean, I'm gonna try to avoid any spoilers. I don't want to say anything that happens in the first season. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that I think that the Game of Thrones is is wrapping up, and so HBO really needed to bring something in to fill that void. And and I don't know if Westworld necessarily is gonna be Game of Thrones level, um, but I mean, it is really good. It's very well written. It's a really good story. There are a couple twists and things that happen throughout the series, uh, th- at least throughout that first season. That, that just, just yeah. threw me for a loop. There was there's like a literal like brain melter near the end yeah. where I was like had my hands in the air and my hands on my head like oh my gosh I can't process what is happening yeah. right now. This is insane. Um, and so there's a lot of good stuff, but. It's also really well acted. I mean, there are some great I performances. Know, they got the best. They got some really good people. I mean, Ed Harris, I love seeing that guy in anything, you know. And then Anthony Hopkins is fantastic. Uh, whatever the Cyclops guy's name is, uh, what's that name? James uh, or Earl Jones, I think. James no. Earl Jones. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the Giant Peach. James and the Giant Peach, I think, is what you're looking for. James Marsden, that's it. Uh, James, James Marsden. Marsden is also awesome. Love that guy. The girl from across the universe. I mean, there's just a lot of great, a lot of great uh, players in there. And then, um, I mean, I want to say that so much of it is good, but it is something where music plays a huge role. Oh yeah, and they knock it out of the park in Westworld, man. Like I think it's Damien Rajahowski or something, something like that. Rajawandi or I can't remember his name. It's it's something like that. Drum roll, please. But no, he's he's fantastic, and a lot of the original music that they come up with with the show is great. But they also they also use older music, and it's not like they're sticking to one decade or one period of time in that music. I mean, they have ACDC going on, and then they had something from Radiohead going on in another episode. And I thought that those were really well really well done scenes, and the music plays into them a lot. Um, this last trailer that Westworld had, uh, the use of that Nirvana song, the, uh, oh man, I could just sit there and keep singing that song cause I love it. Um, but that's, that's one of the best trailers I've ever seen in my entire it's life. It's one of the best trailers that, I've ever seen. I think yeah. that might be, I mean, that's on like 300 level to me. I mean, it's definitely, it's yeah. incredible because when it shows, it shows Dolores like riding on the, like riding on horseback and there's so much epic thing, so many epic things going on. And it's just a, yeah. that actually sounds exactly full, like it too. Yeah. It's full orchestra. And so yeah. it's so epic. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. And it, it shows her doing that. And then it cuts to another character, like standing, like silhouetted against the sun. And it's like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited <laughs> for this next season, man. It's I'm like a so pinball pumped. machine. Your brain's a pinball machine. It's all bunk, 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 you know? <laughs> I know. It's trying to get to the, through the little flippers. Oh man! But you, like you, you bring it up, and I just I can't even express how much I love that trailer. I probably watched it like see. At that's least the thing. That's times. why it psychs you up. And there was a lot of you know. I know we're not doing spoilers and stuff, but there was just a lot of things that the second time through, I kind of I saw it. I saw things a little bit more. I you know I kind of uh, 
read between the lines a little more and, and the twists I kind of saw them coming read between the lines. Um, the twists I saw them coming. And so I got to analyze a little more and listen to the dialogue a little more. Um, just like you do with any movie that you rewatch, you know? And so this time around, like for the second season, I feel like they're opening up to, uh, a lot of different possibilities. Um, I think they're going to have, I mean, there's just so many ways and, and, and directions that this thing can go now. So I am just like, ah, you know, I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> this is a, it's a big deal. Um, it's a big deal. You know, I'm sweaty. I'm nervous. Um, I've, you know, I use speed stick. It's fine. <laughs> he gave me that face. I'm like, you know, old spice old spice. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I'm just excited. Yeah, me me too, man. I am really excited for this next season. It sucks having to do the week to week thing again. Um, That's how it goes. I mean, that the thing is, H. I love HBO, um, specifically Game of Thrones, just because you have that like maybe even just like the little party or get together with your friends every Sunday. It becomes like a thing for the you know throughout the whole season. Um, I love doing that, and I kind of want to try to make that happen with Westworld. Um, yeah, no, I already have a, a couple friends. friends that we're planning on watching it together. So I just don't have very many friends is the problem. So <laughs> um, <laughs> if there's anyone out there, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> anybody want to come over and watch Westworld later? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess what I'm trying to say, uh, <laughs> it should be, uh, we'll just stay on the phone. We'll just watch it together. Let's just stay yeah, on why the phone not? and watch it together. Leanna watches it though. She loves it. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. And yeah, most of our group of friends here loves it too. So, um, I'm excited. No, me too, man. It's going to be great. HBO is always consistent though. They always have something that ends up being great. Uh, that, that recent show, uh, Barry is yeah. really good. Yep. Really love good. I love yep. Barry. Um, with, uh, what's his face? Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's killing it in that show and he directs it. He he wrote and directed. He's that great. Show. He's I so love funny. Later, dude. He's awesome. I mean, uh, documentary now. I highly suggest that for anybody that has Netflix and they want to watch some very awkward, weird humor. Um, documentary now. Check it out. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. Good bro down. I think that we covered our bases there and we got what we needed to. So longing, rusted, seventeen, dawn. Stove, nine, kind-hearted, homecoming, one, freight car, soldier, ready to comply. And there you go. Starting off, Captain America, Civil War. Now, uh, this this is a good one. Um, so pretty much in... In 1861, the South secedes from the Union, and you're looking at a really... <laughs> no, 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 wait. Uh, hey, Dave, that's the wrong... We've got the wrong Civil War going. Okay, uh, okay. So let me catch you up to speed. Uh, so it's Robert so- E. Lee. Ver- <laughs> no, we still got, uh, still got the wrong one. Uh, we're talking to Captain America, Avengers. Oh. It's a bit of a different history. Uh, the Sokovian uh, yeah. Accords. Um that would have been so. Wait, I could have just watched Captain America: Civil War. I watched a lot of stuff. I watched Gettysburg, <laughs> Cold Mountain, yeah, uh, and I couldn't get a hold of you. You turned your Glory. phone off. I watched a lot of movies instead of this one. That's that's unfortunate. I could have saved myself like twenty hours. 
I even nice. watched Gods and Generals, which is like four hours. It's a good one, though. It's really good. I well, if it makes you feel anybody, I didn't watch it either. Uh, I just watched Transformers. So <laughs> I just watched Transformers, like I always do. <laughs> like I always do. <laughs> Every movie we rev- we've reviewed, I've just based it off of Transformers. <laughs> I just make it up on the fly. Um, no, okay. So Captain America: Civil War uh, came out a couple years ago, and I remember that this was kind of the first film within the Marvel universe that was assembling a large amount of the Avengers or other characters so far, but not actually being in an Avengers movie. And I think that Jeremy Renner called it like Avengers 2.5. Um, yeah. And so the Russo brothers were, were uh, selected to direct this movie. Uh, they also did Captain America, the Winter Soldier, which I think the Winter Soldier is awesome. Love that movie. Oh, it really and is. A lot of people yeah. say that that's like their favorite Marvel movie. Um, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I think it is fantastic. It's great. Um, but uh, it's I, I wouldn't go that far. Um, but I think that I think that. Um, I think that they do a good job. They hadn't done that much before they did that. Um, so I was looking back in their filmography and I was quite surprised. I was like, these guys don't have much else other than this. Uh, so the Russo brothers, fantastic directors, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with infinity war. Um, but I know that you're a big fan of this one. So I kind of want to let you start out and just talk about your general thoughts and and what your reaction was to this movie. Um, maybe how you felt about it the the first time you saw it. and, And now since then, what your feelings are, uh, now. Okay. Um, one thing that kind of just popped onto my mind, apparently Kevin Feige, um, head of MCU, apparently there was like a whole different movie in store for this third Captain America. Talking um, about the after Batman versus Superman, they decided to kind of change it up. Yeah, so they decided to like add in more characters and kind of switch everything up. But they still kept like a lot of the same notes and and things in the script just as far as Bucky and Steve Rogers go and that relationship and that chemistry. Um, other fun facts, uh, just to note, apparently um, Black Panther had a very small part in this and Spider-Man right. was written a very large part. Um, but then all the agreements with Sony just weren't really happening. They weren't even sure if they could get Spider-Man. So they wrote in this big Black Panther storyline and then they got Spider-Man. So they just gave Spider-Man the smaller part, which... Uh, we can talk about it in a little bit, but I think in hindsight that it ended up working up working out pretty well for the movie. It seemed like, and and as far as setting up Black Panther goes, but um, yeah, when I when I first saw this movie, it was kind of coming off of uh, coming off of Age of Ultron, and I remember in the theaters, I and mean, we we already discussed this, but I was a little disappointed with Ultron and stuff like that, and so. Seeing this, uh, I was pretty excited for it just because I knew what it could be. And then I think it was one of the last trailers that came out. Spider-Man just goes and lands and just goes, hey, everyone. And that w- that right there before this movie came out was like, oh, my gosh, we're going to get to see Spider-Man again. You know, um, and obviously we've had so much of it and the amazing Spider-Man kind of just flopped and it wasn't that great. So seeing the MCU actually have a Spider-Man was like, Oh my gosh. Like, I feel like if anybody's going to do it right, this is going to be it. And so this movie, you know, I can't say that it like, it went above and beyond of my expectations. I think I had a, I had certain expectations set and it. Like it just completely met those. Like I was excited for an action packed, really great, fun movie. Uh, it's pretty long. I think it's maybe a little longer than it needs to be like two and a half hours. I think it probably could have been like two fifteen or two hours. 
definitely. Um, yeah. I think the beginning drags on quite a bit. The beginning, but, the first, well, I mean, I can get to that, but the first, I'd, I'd say hour is yeah. pretty, pretty long. But as soon as as soon as it hits uh, Queens, as soon as, because I like like the different little transitions they use in this movie and like the lettering on the screen. Right. Uh, it's it says Queens, and you bring in Peter Parker. From that point on, this movie just goes, and it's yeah. and it's terrific. So um, I think everything they did. I think that, uh, like we talked about in the other Avengers um, podcast, as far as the writing goes, like I think the Avengers was really well written. Age of Ultron kind of seemed like it was lacking, and I felt like there were parts of the dialogue in this film that felt lacking as well, um, especially with Tony Stark. Tony Stark didn't hit didn't hit me too well in this one, um, probably just because he's not quippy, crazy Tony Stark. He's actually going through some emotional stuff. Um, but uh, I felt like some of the some of the dialogue in the film was a little bit cheesier, but some of them hit. Some of the jokes landed for me in a big way. So. Yeah, I I love this movie. I don't really yeah. want to be hard on it, you know. I completely agree though. I do think that the I think that the humor is it's hit and miss. There's a lot of really good ones, but there's also a lot of stuff that's like mm, I don't know. So I'm curious to see. I hope that Infinity War handles the humor well because that's this one was like it was, it was fine, but um it also was there was a couple moments where I was like, eh. This could be funnier, but uh-huh. it's it's a really good movie though. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. I think that this one is is pretty great. Uh, there's there's nothing to complain about it too much. Um, the first hour of it drags on a little bit for me. Um, I've expressed that I don't really love like Shield and all of that stuff, and I think that somehow Bucky is gotten. kind of thrown in there too uh so anything involving bucky i'm not like that sold on i just don't know if i love the character of the winter soldier i think that he should have just died i thought he was amazing in winter soldier seeing him go past that it's like we still got this guy Um, let me ask you something though um because the winter soldier character is what it is and i kind of have similar thoughts with that but what do you think of Sebastian Stan? I think that that might be the thing. Is that I don't know if I love Sebastian Stan. Okay. I think that he. I think that he has a face that I'm not that afraid of. You know what I mean? Like he. Mm-hmm. He looks like just an average guy that is suddenly has superpowers, and I don't. I don't know. He just doesn't seem that menacing to me. And and I know that the point of this movie is that he's Steve Rogers' friend and stuff. But um, as soon as he was unmasked in the Winter Soldier, I felt kind of like a. Uh, not as oh <laughs> yeah not so much yeah um and but I think he's fine he was actually really good in Itania so see that's I, the thing so I was just gonna mention that I hadn't seen Itania I didn't see it in theaters and I watched this movie I watched Itania one night and then the next night I watched this movie so I watched it almost like piggybacking off of Itania and I respected him a little more because in no, the past totally. I felt the same exact but then watching his acting in that and then seeing him in this and then I've I've read some things as well. Um, online about him recently that I'm like, well, I kind of do like that guy though. So I think for me, it's more of a character issue. I just like, I don't know. It's cool, but I just feel like we're getting, it's just too much. It's, it's just, just they're spending much. time talking about like Bucky Barnes when I do not care about that character. Yeah. Like I'd rather yeah. it was focused on somebody else, but I get that he was, he was the, the reason that this entire plot point. develops. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah. I understand like the need for that character. Um, I don't have a solution to it. I just think that he was, he was taking up screen time that I wish would have been on somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
yeah, I think that the, I think this movie is is amazing. They're they're that huge set piece in the middle is one of the most fantastic sequences ever. Um, and for the most part, I really enjoyed it. Also, something to note that this is a Captain America movie. Um, it's called Civil War, but it's like it is Captain America. Um, and so I do I do enjoy the storyline that they set up. Um, it's not like it goes full force Avengers movie. Like it still has cap in charge and in the lead and, um, it's his story. And I think that that's also a large success of the Russo brothers is that before, before the winter soldier came out, I remember seeing the first captain America and it's like, Oh, it's pretty fun. You know, like captain America is just kind of, he's good, whatever. Yeah. And in, and in the first Avengers, it kind of seems like captain America is the best of the B squad. You know, he's running down there with, uh, with uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye, and you're kind of like, okay, cool. Captain America is just kind of like the guy on the ground, like he's just a s- strong super he's the soldier. Facilitator. He's yep. not like on the level of the Hulk or Thor or Iron Man or anything like that. And I think that those, I think that the Russo brothers have really succeeded in making Captain America seem like a freaking sick superhero. Yeah, because he has some stuff in. Winter Soldier that's really awesome. The elevator scene is incredible. Oh yeah. Um, but there's like, you know, the stairway scene in this one is so cool. And there's uh I mean, I don't want to spoil too much because there are some things I want to talk about as we as we get through the movie. Um, but I think that they they really succeeded in making Captain America into a BA, you know, like he yep, is absolutely. he's a really, really cool superhero after both of and these the movies. And the fans love him. And the fans they? love him. They and just great. love him. And I think that Chris Evans um, is has done a really good job, too. I know that he was apprehensive to take the role uh, starting out in Captain America and after the Russo brothers take took over and, and what happened in winter soldier and what happened in civil war, he's, he's super excited to be playing that role. Um, so yeah, I, I'm all on, I'm all in on this one. This one's, this one's great. And it's probably one of the, it's like number six for me, I would say. So, yeah, I think so. I, I, I forget. I think we did, we did order them. Yeah, we <laughs> at ranked, one point we ranked them. We both had Iron Man and Avengers way up there, and then we had uh, we had the uh, same one and two. We had Iron Man and then Iron Man's number one, Avengers number mm-hmm. two, and then Thor three was five for me. I think you had Civil War as three for you, but you have. also had Guardians of the Galaxy as one movie. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So Thor and Iron or Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy would have been the three, four, five, uh, yeah. in whatever order. But anyway, so this movie, yeah, this movie is fantastic. Um, so just to just to ask, what did you think of the whole beginning sitting sequence? Um, I thought it was fun. It was maybe you know, dragged whole, on a little bit, but I just that crossbones guy or whatever that guy. I, it's it was cool. Like Captain America's. Um, like all of his action stuff right at the beginning when he like jumps off of a car and does all this crazy stuff. That was awesome. Um, Black Widow. I didn't like Black Widow in this movie at all. I think it was something with her hair. Uh, I I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of her in this movie. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We were discussing that just, uh, I wasn't really a big fan of her in this one, but it was cool. It was just kind of like, I understood what they were doing with it and the whole action sequence. Obviously, the action's always going to be great. Um, but it just, I, I feel like the whole movie is based on the Sego- Sokovia Accords, Sokovian Accords. <laughs> um, and I feel like after seeing this movie a couple times now, you're almost just fighting to get to that. You're like fighting to just get this deal, get this 
this conflict going. Um, and then, you know, the movie kind of picks up from there. But, you know, then they still have the, which it's a Steve Rogers, you know, plot. So I understand. But they have the his old girlfriend passing away because she's like 130. And, um, <laughs> and he goes to the funeral. And they have that whole thing. And it's cool. But it's just like, all yeah. right, let's get through this um so yeah i don't know the beginning thing's cool uh you know, do you, it's the scarlet witch as well um you know i like her she, her character is just kind of like there's not much to her her superpower is awesome but she just kind of seems like this kind of just scared kid that doesn't really yeah. know what her role is and so i don't, I don't and she, know and I don't, she's bouncing I don't know off I feel of, like a lot of her scenes are bouncing off of vision as well who's kind of yeah just like, eh. and so vision just, is not my just, favorite at all he's cardboard I'm, he's dude he, he's i wish that vision here's the thing okay it's like we're gonna do favorite scene favorite character favorite line these favorite character we can both agree vision, vision right definitely i would rather i would rather them have just said where's vision Oh, he went to another planet to try yeah. and do yeah. something. He yeah. went to go figure something out, and he left, and he's unavailable. Or he decided to not interfere with our problems, Instead or something. Instead of having like that. just him always be the voice of reason, and also all you know, all of a sudden he's the guy that always has to have some words about something, and uh, it's just and annoying. He, he has a good line, actually, something about uh, the like our very existence incites. Uh, opposition or something like that, mm-hmm. and I thought that was a good line. But still, I'm not in. I'm not in on Vision. It's a weird character, and it just seems. And I understand they're going to need him for Infinity War, but no, thank you, Paul Bettany. Though we I'm do never, like I'm Paul not, Bettany. I'm not yeah. going to give up on the guy. He hasn't had good roles. Oh at all no way! No, lately. I'm not. But losing I, I'm hope. not going to give up on him. The prodigal roommate Red- returns. <sighs> Maybe he's an over actor. Maybe that could be it. I seriously, I think that he might be an over actor. You think? Right? Yeah, I think so. Do you think he was now one that of those? I think about, my lords, my ladies. No, 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 seated on a cushion. That thing could be overacting, don't you think? He's pretty good. It's He's good, good to in me, that, but it's overacted. Guarantee it. Watch, go back and look up Paul Bettany stuff. I think you'll notice it. Well, it's funny. We watched a Knight's Tale, and uh, Leanna, we turned it off. <laughs> what? Leanna she wasn't into it. Yeah, she didn't like it. Was you never seen it before? Never seen it before. Yeah. Wow. And it, it, I can, it's like I can understand because I just watched it so many times when I was a kid. It's so completely many times. nostalgic. It is just drilled into my head, and then somebody seeing it for the first time, they're like, "It's kind of cool. It's weird." We will rock you at the beginning. So good. I know. Anyway, um, um could have been overacted. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Moving past Vision, though. Vision sucks. Um, I'm just going to go on record and say Vision sucks. Um, but I think that the beginning was fine. I think that Scarlet, the thing with Scarlet Witch throwing that bomb up in the air and blowing up half that building was entirely necessary. Like, that was yeah. A, yeah. that was good. And then they go, you know, and they go back and have that whole conversation about, um, you know, we do need to be put into check and all of that stuff. And I thought oh, that was Oh, what do you good. think about uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s little... Young Robert Downey Jr. and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, I mean that was weird. He he looked. I don't think that the, I don't think that they quite had that down enough to make it look legit. But it's fine. Yeah, it's like they didn't quite nail it. I think they nailed it enough for me to be like, okay, we'll get yeah, through this. But yeah, it wasn't quite there. It wasn't it just quite there. No, kind of weird. But yeah, 
it, it and that seemed weird to show like all those students at MIT that moment a very that seemed that seemed life. like Tony Stark being way too obsessed with himself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. but I mean, it was it was fine. It was a good scene, though. Very nice of him to give all that money. And then the the heartbreaking moment with that mother. Is that Viola talked- Davis? No, it's not. Is it? No, it's not Viola Davis. Gosh, I get those two confused so much. She the the one that was in this is the one that was in Suicide Squad. Yeah, she's Alfre Woodard. Alfre Woodard. I get her and yeah. Viola Davis confused. All yeah. The time. Um, Viola Davis, though, uh, in, oh, Fences, she gets the best snot award. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she has a scene that is so emotional and it's so beautiful, but she cries and it's like gross cry. She's like sniffling so much. Oh, it's she's just, got the, she's got the gooey, the gooey yeah, cry. It's like, oh, oh, yeah. it's distracting though. She needs to blow her nose during that scene. Cause it was, but <laughs> you're yeah. like, oh, I hate that. Cause yeah, sometimes it's, when you get really emotional, like you have to pause I'm trying to think you of know? another. I'm trying to think of another example where somebody gross cries in a movie. There's like a, oh, it's a, it's um, Russell Crowe in Gladiator when he's like kissing his wife and son's feet when oh, they're and the hung. spit kind of trails yeah. from his yeah. yeah. I remember that. It's a that. gross cry. Gross, it's a gross cry. cry. Yeah, yeah. It happens. Um, but yeah, no, great scene. Gosh, just such a tangent to get to Viola Davis about go- um, <laughs> <laughs> gross crying um, about boogers and. <laughs> Uh, that's a thing though gross crying is a thing um it is. so but yeah I, th- I thought that that scene was good and everything um but uh i'm trying to think of where it goes from there because i just want to get to like the the nitty-gritty of this movie well like, they do the what? they i think it goes pretty much to the accords and then from the accords it goes to the meeting of the united nations or whatever yeah. Well, so what did you what do you think of this this idea that they have? So the UN has pretty much passed these accords, which is legislation that says uh we are going to be in charge of the Avengers and they can only act if we ask them to because they need to you know there needs to be checks and balances there needs to be regulation of of this band of superheroes because you know where is where is Bruce Banner right now you can if i lost a couple of nukes I love that. then yeah. I, I you know you can you can bet that i would be in trouble and it's a really really good point and so this is my question is tony stark he hears the story from that mother and he sees the footage of people dying in Sokovia and people dying in wherever they were at the beginning of this movie. Um, and he's like, yes, I understand that we do need to be put in check because and he's already seen his weapons fall into the wrong hands you know, exactly. in the past as well. Like he's been through this. So yeah, yeah. he's seen that. Um, and so I think that I think that that was a really good moment for that character and Tony Stark being like, okay, yeah, we do, we do need to have some some little bit of control of people telling us like, no, you don't need to go take care of this. It's not on their judgment because you know what, like, there the world is full of like eight billion people and those eight billion people should have a decision as to when the Avengers act or something like that. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. necessarily agree with it completely, but um, I really liked, I really liked the stance that that took. And I think that, I think that I'm team Iron Man all the way in this movie. Like in that, oh, in that well, argument between okay. Cap and Iron Man, I totally side with Iron Man. 
So I'm asking, I was wondering what, where do you stand in that, in that whole argument that they have sitting around the coffee table at the Avengers? Uh, where, where do you, <laughs> you start? Stand? Ta- you start talking about your stance and I just go longing, rusted, 17, Don. You're like, no, 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 stop, 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 Freight stop. car. Ready to come. Ready to- <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's funny. Cause I, I honestly think I would be more on cap side. I think that, um, I think it's a really well-written subject to put in this movie. I think it was a brilliant idea because it does make perfect sense. I just think a lot of times in the situations that that arise in these movies, um, these aliens are coming out of nowhere. These things are happening out of nowhere. Um, also, the things that they have to investigate, as you almost see in Spider-Man Homecoming and, and movies like this, like they need freedom to investigate because they end up stopping these things from happening or they end up getting to the root of the problem and discovering it. And maybe sometimes not in the best way. And they destroy a bunch of stuff, which is awful, but, um, they end up stopping a bigger threat. And so I, I just think that like, if they don't have the freedom to roam, if they don't have the freedom to, to, uh, investigate and also just be prepared for anything at any time, what if a huge alien thing comes down and then they have to wait for, you know, the okay, the green light to, you know, open the door and get them out there. I just think that's kind of, I, I would have a fence to it after saving the world, you know? And so, yeah, I think the other thing though, is that this does come right after age of Ultron, which was a huge thing that happened because of Tony Stark and Bruce Banner. Yep. And there was, you know, the Hulk went to whatever that other city was and just destroyed the heck out of it. Like somewhere right outside of Wakanda. Um, and so there, there are things that the Avengers Wakanda. have done to, to uh, incite this response this. from the UN yep. because they have been out of control recently. So if this were post the first Avengers movie, it's like, Whoa, we saved the day. What are you talking about? But but in the world that they're living in, I think that they kind of had this coming. And I also think that something that doesn't happen a lot in superheroes mo- superhero movies is looking at things realistically. And I think that that's something that the MCU has done really well so far is – analyzing what the world would look like with superheroes in it. And I think that this movie does a really good job of bringing in the United Nations and uh, having having other countries talk about, you know, like what what is their duty and what what is their responsibility and what is their role in the world and and what is our role in in managing them or what is our role in just letting them do whatever they want. So mm-hmm. I think that I think it brings up a lot of good questions. And I don't think that I think there's a large, vast expanse of gray area in between. But um, I think that it does bring up a lot of interesting points. And I think the entire conversation um, in that in that room between Captain America and Iron Man and everybody when they're talking about it as a group, but more importantly, when Iron Man and Captain America are talking about it, just the two of them, um, I love it. I mean, I love that part. And, it's and, such good. Yeah, it's and such Iron good Man dialogue. has that whole little snap where he's like, "What do you want me to do, man?" You know, they're yeah. breathing down on me, like all that stuff, and talking about Wanda being held in like a prison. And he's like, "It's, you know, it's a it's a house with." Yeah, whatever that, he says, screening you know, room and a swimming pool. Or it's whatever, not much you know. of a prison, you know. And you know, it's like he's like she's a scared girl, and she's like, you know, we don't have green cards for weapons of mass destruction or something like that. It's like, gosh, it's true. It's yeah. so true because realistically, people would be like, well, we don't want that chick here. 
you know, yeah. send her back to Eastern Europe. She doesn't, deserve, she doesn't belong to be here. Uh, so it's, it's interesting. It's all very interesting. Um, but I wanted to, I wanted to mention, uh, that you brought up the death of, uh, Captain America's old, uh, flapper spark. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> flapper it's like a term from i mean somebody from like the 1920s 30s but it's funny because she's from the 40s yeah it's a stretch it's a stretch for sure um but <laughs> what are you talking why are you looking at me like that no it's fine um so she dies and captain america goes and and he hauls her body up to the front of the church and yep. uh and I'm then amazing her great let it be. I would have gone with let it be, but oh, are yeah. they playing amazing grace? Um, I, don't, I don't think they played that. I would just think of that scene from across the universe. Yeah. Um, I wake up to the sound of music. It's so good. Oh man. That lady is unbelievable. She's great. I know you're great. Trust me. I know. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but where was I? Oh, so that lady goes up there. The the niece or great niece of Peggy is her name. And she goes, Aunt Peggy used to always tell me blah, 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 blah. And in my head, I was thinking, does she not have any family more than this great niece? Does she not have? I know. A it's son like, where's her daughter? Or a daughter? Where's her son? It's like the one person that's making the speech and seems to be the closest to her is somebody referring to her as Aunt Peggy. <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird. I, I'm it's sorry. So weird that was how, just like, a thought that I had. And also it's Aunt so Peggy weird is how, kind of like, funny. It's just how funny. close he still is to her. Like he's Captain America is like one of the ones like carrying the casket, even though he was around for like three years of her life. Maybe. I don't know. And then after he came back, but he, you know, he missed a solid 50 in there. Well, I mean, I, I get that though. I mean, I get that they're close after the fact. I think it's kind of sweet, but I mean, I don't know. It would be weird seeing an old fling aged like 60 years and just like, Hey, not so much anymore. Huh? Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Is she single? <laughs> is her husband still alive? I wonder. Oh boy, uh, um, we're getting we're getting into something entirely yeah, unnecessary. That. But anyway, okay, I thought so that was kind of I thought that yeah. was kind of funny. And then also, um, that girl gives Captain information, and then they kiss. And it's like, what is the point here, guys? There's yeah, something. Why are we trying to set up some other romance now for him? He had his long lost sweetheart. She passed away. He doesn't need a new thing. It's We're not making enough so, movies for that to even develop. So no, like, it's so unnecessary. Like I don't, I don't know. They, I, it just, it just didn't seem necessary to me. But that's fine. Whatever. Small, small nitpicks mm-hmm, and complaints. Mm-hmm. Um, but from that point, I think that so they go to the UN and uh, it gets bombed and the Wakandan. Well, can I ask you a question? Yeah, go ahead. Um. Why is uh, Romanoff, why is Black Widow sitting in that room? Like, there's the whole panel of all these people from the United Nations sitting there. Why is she sitting in one of those seats? There's only, like, 30 seats. And she's just, like, sitting in one. I think that she's, like, a representative of the Avengers. 
Okay. I think more so than many of the other Avengers. I think that she's, um, I, I honestly don't know. In Captain America 2, maybe, or Iron Man 2? No, it's Captain America 2. She, like, says something at uh, a congressional hearing of some sort, and she so pretty she much has, tells she's them in to some F sort off of politics. Like no, I mean, I don't think she's into politics, but I think that she she is one of the representatives on the Avengers behalf or shields behalf. She was. Okay. So I think that, I think that that's why she's there. Believe me, I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't just send Captain America. Um, yeah. or, I mean, obviously in this movie, it's kind of a difficult situation, but I feel like cap would be the obvious choice. He seems like the guy that you he's would a pretty good guy. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's, it's, he's the guy that looking at resumes. I think that one would, <laughs> would pop out. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so, but I mean, yeah, the UN UN thing seems to be going well, and you get introduced to T'Challa. Um, that's Black Panther's real name, right? T'Challa, yeah, and, then and then his, his father's then dad name is was like Takata or something like that. Uh, it is King, yeah, King T'Chaka. Um, but also the actor John Canny, Ghost in the Darkness, baby, so good. Oh yeah, love love it. that guy. Great. Yeah. And also bring it back to Hank Pym or whatever, uh, the guy um, from uh, Ant Man. So, little little reference there to another actor, Michael Douglas, is great in Ghost in the Darkness. Check it out. The Devil has come to Savo, for I am the Devil. Just keep going. I know please. you're so annoyed. Moving. So many tangents yeah. so far. Um, but I think that I think that the introduction to Black Panther was great and showing yep. him as a prince and now a king and like the level level of responsibility that he has and his interaction with the characters so far makes him a formidable foe um as diplomatically you know what i mean like you respect that character just just as far as his character as being the prince of wakanda some random nation that we don't really know about um so that was cool but then man uh, there's there's a scene coming up that is so good so what, what do you think about this whole this whole chase scene because that thing blows up and then they discover that they think it was the uh, Winter Soldier. And so they yeah, go Bucky. try to find Bucky and Captain America helps him try to helps helps him to escape. And then the Black Panther has been stalking them. And so he jumps down and they're like, who is, it is that the guy? best? I think the shot, the shot when because they do they do the whole stairwell fight, which is so cool. Really cool. Really good scene. And then. The uh, I love the shot where the Winter Soldier or Bucky or whatever is uh, he's like running down the hallway and then he jumps off the like the balcony or whatever onto that roof. I love that like following shot. I just think that's awesome. Um, he lands on the roof and then yeah, very quietly Black Panther lands on the roof next to him and the little the little flutes play and you're like ooh oh so good. I wish that they would have just. Just bring in that actual oh, score I know. from the real thing. Oh, oh, so sick. Yeah. He's so tight. Um, but yeah, Black Panther has a sweet intro, and I thought that I thought that those guys chasing each other was one of the coolest things. When they're when they're running down in that underground tunnel and just flying by cars and stuff, and I mean all of that was so cool. And it's then you so get sick. and then you get the uh what's Anthony Mackey's character's name? Um Falcon, the, the Falcon, yeah, Falcon chasing yeah. them too. Like that would that was all really cool to me. I really like that scene. Um, that actually brings me to another question, though. What do you what do you think about the Falcon 
and Anthony Mackie in these movies well, thus far. Um, it, it's funny because we, if we're doing favorite character, favorite line, favorite scene from this movie alone, um, I have never liked Falcon at all. I didn't like him in Ant-Man. I really didn't like him in Winter Soldier. I was just like kind of not about him. Um, for some reason, I'd say, I mean, obviously, you know, Spider-Man, if I'm just going to go easy, like, hey, Spider-Man's favorite character, obviously. Um, but I think most redeeming character for me and that I really hopped on board with in this movie is him, Sam Wilson, Falcon. It's probably my favorite character in this movie. Really? Yeah. Wow. Just this last time watching it, he just has... He has so much more dialogue in this, and I felt like I connected with his dialogue a lot. And also, like, Iron Man ends up coming to him at the end, and they have a little conversation. Um, I felt like I just trusted him a lot more. He does I don't, seem like I a trustworthy like, dude. In the, in the beginning of the movie, it was kind of like Winter Soldier, kind of gimmicky, and he's using all these things. But, like, for the rest of it, um, he was just kind of like Steve's sidekick. And he really wasn't doing that much with, like, all his equipment and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Right. I mean, hey, I totally I enjoy him. I thought some of his dialogue was a little bit cheesy for me. Didn't it didn't yeah. go over that well. Um, so I think that he's one of those characters that for me watching this movie, I was like, not loving that guy. But well, he's the B Avengers. Yeah, he's totally B side. He's B squad. Yeah, which is fine. Um, that's that's funny, though. Team. I'm glad that you like that guy so much. I think it's more of a, it's not like, because if I watch this movie and I'm being completely honest, he's not my favorite character. Yeah, Spider-Man. I'd probably, it's, it's one of those like yearbook most improved type deals. Right, right. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that, that's kind of how I feel about him. So he, he's not your favorite, then you're. Well, Spider-Man's my favorite. Yeah, me too. Obviously. Yeah. You know, but I just wanted to talk well, about to him that, a little bit. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay, well. No, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, Anthony Mackie. I mean, I like Anthony Mackie. I think he's a good actor. Um, yeah. I think that he's got a little bit of, there's some cheesy dialogue for me, um, but it's fine. Uh, that's cool. I'm glad you liked him, though. I'm glad that he's most improved for you. Um, so, yeah, I, it's just some, some of these characters, I think they have a hard time finding their place within everybody else. Um, and I'm glad that Anthony Mackie was bumping or was bouncing his dialogue off of uh, the Winter Soldier, too, a lot. Because yeah. both those guys just seem out of place. And so it kind of worked. And it helped that their they characters. Were, yeah. It helped, it, you, it helped you identify with both of them because you're like, ah, well, Bucky's okay, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know? So that was that was pretty good. Um, so so those, guys get, those guys get arrested. And uh, at this point... Maybe before we get into all the good stuff, we should we should talk a little bit about um, because if we're talking about best performance out of an actor in this movie, uh, I'm going Daniel Bruhl all the way. Uh, I think that Daniel Bruhl, the bad guy. Um, uh-huh. No, yeah, yeah. The, well, that's, I got his name right here. It's Zemo. It's also not fair because any movie that Daniel Bruhl is in. He gets best performance automatically for me. He just gets Vincent Corona and Nick Lauda. Nicky Lauda, yeah, exactly. He gets just an automatic pass, best actor in whatever movie he's in because I love that guy, Daniel Bruhl. I hope that he keeps doing movies. He and was I hope so that Hollywood good in finds a good paradox. He was actually really good in that movie. That movie sucked, but he was good in it. Right, right. I just don't know if I like him very you much. You will. <laughs> Is he coming out in something? Uh, you know, I haven't looked up his IMDb in a while. I haven't looked at what he's doing. But he's great in this, great in Inglorious Bastards. There's a movie called Joyous Noel 
which is a um, I think it's mostly it's probably a British film. A lot of a lot of it's in German, but he's a German captain during World War One when uh, the sides played soccer on they played soccer and celebrated Christmas Eve together. It's not that important. He's great in it though. Um, anyway, love that guy, and I think that they they later come out with what he's actually trying to do. But alongside mm-hmm. all of this action that's going on between our superheroes, he is kind of the guy that's pulling the strings, and you know, he interrogates some dude, and then murders him in his house, and then he is talking all sweet to some lady, giving him the room service. And uh, I, I love all those scenes. You don't necessarily know exactly. What's going on? But you know that this dude is kind of setting things up, and you don't know what his end game is. But I really enjoyed everything that Daniel Rule does up until this point, and later on, you find out what his what his whole plan is, and it's uh, it's fantastic. So huge fan of Daniel Rule. So boom, there you go. Yeah, I don't I don't like him, but great. Well, I don't like <laughs> Anthony Mackie. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do like him. I he's great. And what's that movie called? Speed? No, Rush. Rush. Ron Howard. Film. He's great in that. He's a great actor. There's just something about uh, something about his face. <laughs> Rush with Chris Hemsworth, another Avenger. Boom. There you go. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Crossover. but but after after that, so that whole thing goes down, and Captain America is pretty much on the run, and him and the Winter Soldier, and the Falcon, and Scarlett Johansson, or no, Scarlett Johansson's with uh, Iron Man. Yep. Those guys are out, and they're like, okay, we need to put together a crew. And so who joins who? They they pulled Jeremy Renner out of retirement, uh-huh. and Renner goes and gets Wanda, the Scarlet, Scarlet Witch. Witch. Which I, th- I, don't, I didn't like that whole scene either. Yeah. I checked out of it. The whole him pinning down Vision thing and all that. I... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how into Renner I was in this movie. He just in this one, in this I think one it, especially. I think he's got some after Ultron, just like a little bit of badness left on him. I don't know. I don't Something. know. It's it sucks because I love I love Renner and I loved him in the. Well, first they keep Avengers. playing on the gimmick of like oh, my kids are going to be mad, yeah, or whatever. You know that kind of that dialogue, and you're like, we get it. You have a family. Yeah, you're the exactly. only one with the family. That's great. Cool. That's great. Um, yeah, that scene was fine. Um, but then they go get Ant Man, which I thought Ant Man's intro was pretty funny. I enjoyed that. Does anyone have any orange slices? Do you know what that is? No. Okay, well we'll bring it up when we when we get there. Um, okay. But so they bring in they bring in Ant Man, which is fine. But um, this leads up to my favorite character, and uh, it's I'm not gonna say it's my favorite scene. Because that's just not fair, but it's um, not fair, but it kind of is. Yeah, but man, it's the one where you see you see queens and you just get so excited. Yeah, he's like, "Where's yours downstairs? Where's yours?" And then just queens, bam! Oh my yep. gosh, man! And it's just freaking Peter Parker walking Tom around Holland. Tom Holland. I think that he's the best Spider-Man so far, at least the best person so to portray too. him. Um, obviously. We had some reservations about Spider-Man Homecoming, but overall, it's a fine. Which my my reservations have changed quite a bit. I think since we last talked about it, so I feel exactly the it, same way. But I've seen it twice more now. I watched it like two months ago, and then I watched it today, and so uh, I like it a lot. I watched it this morning. 
Yeah, I like it a lot. That's funny. We watched it the same day. Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> um, but I, I think that I think that this intro was so good. It shows him coming in, and he's sitting there, and he realizes that Robert Downey Jr. is in the room, and he's completely starstruck, and just like, oh my gosh, what are you doing here? And Robert Downey Jr. Tony Stark tells him that he got the uh, the internship, the the Stark internship, the and grant stuff. for the yeah, yeah, the grant or whatever. And uh, oh man, that whole scene is great, and the way that those guys play off each other, I just thought it was such a fantastic intro. Marissa Tomei is just ridiculously beautiful. Uh, I love that actress; just put her in everything. Um, but she's great. I love her, and uh, but I just love that whole scene. I think it's fantastic showing him the YouTube video. That's you, isn't it? You know they're amazing, and their their chemistry together because Robert Downey Jr. and Marissa Tomei were like together. Yeah, in the, the early nineties, they dated for like a couple of years, I think, yeah. or maybe they were in Only You as well together, and Chaplin. Yeah, they were in together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love, I love her. I love him. Oh yeah, they're great. I wish they were still together. They're perfect. Me too. They would be such a cute couple. Gosh, I know. <laughs> you just look, you looked so sad just there. <laughs> I know. I actually kind of got like just wishing I lived in a world that these things could happen. But no, I I love that scene. Um, and I think that I think that when I was watching the movie, I was like, that's probably my favorite scene. Um, but then things go on, and and there's something else that that yeah. kind of took took that took that spot. So Spider Man joins the group, gets a new suit, and it's quite exciting. Uh, I remember in theaters being so jacked that Spider-Man was going to come into the fray here. Um, and then it fast forwards to the rest of the characters, them trying to get on the twin jet, which is in a hangar in Germany. And they say that the, that the airport has been completely evacuated and they're like, they're here, you know, yep. it's Tony. Yep. He's waiting for us. And I mean, I don't know, man. The anticipation for that scene is just so big, and I think that they came through on just about every level. They did. I can't. I can't imagine a scene being better than that. And it was, it was action packed. It was funny. They demonstrated the abilities of each different superhero and the way that they would fight each other and the way that they would play off each other. Um, there's really not that much to complain about. Um, and I, I just really enjoyed it. I thought that there was there was one moment where um, they were going to call like the, Tony was somebody said something like, should we stop? And then uh, the whole cap group started charging them. Then the Iron Man group started charging them. And they're like, we're not stopping. I thought that that got a little cheese ball because it just seemed they're showing close ups of all the characters. And I just wondered logistically, like if you zoomed out what that fight would look like, because I just don't see it happening the way it did. But either way, I thought that most of it was awesome. I thought it was great. And I think that that's a really, really difficult, um, really difficult scene to shoot and to figure out how it works. So I thought that the Russo brothers did just, they did a really good job of figuring that whole thing out. Um, And what are some of the highlights of the, oh yeah. When Spider-Man jumps in and under and he just snags Cap Shield, um, and I love, I love Cap's the look on Cap's face because he's like, "Who is this guy?" Yeah, I know. You know, like he's kind of excited about it. Um, so I think that Spider Man definitely was probably the highlight of that whole thing and highlight of the film. Um, but I think that everybody else had some really great moments. I know that um, the Ant Man thing blowing up was was really great. Uh, I definitely enjoyed that. Uh, what are, what are some of the highlights of that of that fight for you? 
Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's mostly Spider-Man, probably. I think it all was sweet. I like Black Panther's battling. I didn't really like the uh, Hawkeye versus Black Widow kind of you're pulling your punches thing. Um, all that. Oh yeah, when the Scarlet Witch. Here's that's something that I was gonna bring up. Um, that's that's just where in this fight, I honestly felt like somebody should have told Hawkeye and Black Widow to sit out. I know. know Yeah. It's like, Hey, you guys are like best friends. So why are you? No offense, no offense to any, to, to them, but they don't have anything on anybody else. If they get into a fight with any other character, they lose. So it's like, you guys can sit there and fight each other and it's not going to make any difference on the battle whatsoever. So they might as well just go not, you know what and I mean? And the thing is that I don't really understand is, um, or maybe that they don't really anticipate for is like Black Panther. Cause they know nothing about him. It doesn't seem like they've really had many conversations with him. So it's like not knowing some guy's motives that uh, makes him dangerous. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Like uh, he could just kill somebody. You know, like they don't know that they don't know yeah, this guy. Like he could. Well, they do know who he is because he did reveal his identity. Yeah, but it's like I don't know. I know, but still, yeah, he's he could be a loose cannon, man. You never know what that guy's gonna do. I do love the you're exchange. Wrong. You think when, you're right? Makes you dangerous. That makes you dangerous. Ooh, good line. Um, I do love the when Jeremy Renner goes. I don't think we've met yet. I'm Clint, and then Black Panther goes. I don't care. I don't care. And yeah. I was like, gosh, I love that because you would just be like. What? Well, that's kind of how you feel about Hawkeye <laughs> at the moment. I know, and it's it, like, happens- and I don't mean to like, I don't mean to go on this rant again and again, but like, really, those characters don't matter that much in some of these no. movies. And I understand that, like, I understand that they're the they're, they're Avengers and they have a and, role and in they, this. And I think um, they have a following too. There's the fan appeal to it. I'm sure there's a yeah, big, no. you know, portion of people that love them. Um, I just think that, I think that it's. It's important to note when they're when they're necessary and when they should have something else for them to be doing. Like yeah. in this movie, they just don't have that much of a role in that fight. You know, it's like somebody should have been like Black Widow. You should probably go sit out because it's more of like somebody's gonna be worried about accidentally killing you. Same with Hawkeye. He's just, he's just shooting and he's just shooting arrows at Black Panther. He's just like backing up and shooting arrows at him. You know, and yeah. it's like okay, yeah. well. I mean, but it's fine. It's, it's cool. fine. I mean, that's it's whatever. Um, but yeah, I think that I think a lot of the the intro st- stuff to that was great. Spider Man dragging uh, Bucky and the Falcon along. Oh, I, I love really it. enjoyed that whole thing. I like, and I love you know the demonstration of you know like Spider Man is way young. He's like fifteen or something, and supposed to be in this movie, and he's still just w- up there with the biggest. Oh yeah. Um, and so, and I really enjoyed that. Um, there's also I might as well just say my favorite scene, um, my favorite small scene in this. It, I just include this as my favorite scene, but it's just a quick exchange between uh, Captain America and Spider Man, and oh, it's, yeah. they have they have the whole fight, and then Captain America drops that truck on top of Spider Man, and he's sitting there holding up a truck with his hands, and Captain America goes, "You got heart, kid. Where are you from?" And he's sitting there, and he's, Queens, and then Captain America just goes. <laughs> Brooklyn and turns around and runs off. That's my favorite part of the movie. I just, I love that exchange. It just is so like, because 
uh, Spider-Man gets brought into this and he's told that he has to fight Captain America because Tony Stark says so. And he says that Captain America is wrong and he thinks he's right and that makes him dangerous. But Captain America is coming from a different position entirely. Uh And so I love seeing like the promise of a relationship between those two. I know. You know what I mean? Like seeing those guys talk and and discuss things in infinity war excites me. And so I, I, I love that little exchange between those guys and it's just Spider-Man being a BA, you know, just holding a truck up with his hands, Queens, Brooklyn. It's great. So that was my favorite quick scene. Um, also something to note, I did love the Ant-Man getting large. And I thought that, uh, I thought the Ant-Man did some great stuff in this fight. I really like when he flies an Iron Man suit and, uh, this is your conscience. We haven't talked in a while. That one went over really well for me. That's that's a really good joke, Definitely. and that was really funny. Yeah. Um, and also, something just flew in me when Vision yeah, flies through him. something just flew in me. That was really funny, too. So, I mean, I'm apprehensive about Ant-Man, but then he totally pulled it off because there were some really well, hey, good moments um, with him in this. The, I, th- I think, my personal opinion, I'm not excited about going and seeing the next one, but I think the first one was good enough for me to relate to the character and for him to fit into the MCU and so having him in there was just like, it was a good comic relief for the entire fight, I think. Mm-hmm. It, would, it, yeah. it worked pretty well. So I liked him. And yeah, yeah. blowing up, <laughs> he's, just, he's just so like, he doesn't even know Captain America. And he's just like, throw this into this. And just like randomly oh, in the I middle of the fight. that was a water truck. Yeah. <laughs> just like that whole thing is just like, yeah. He's. He had, he, I mean, he was probably second to Spider-Man yeah, is my favorite humor. in that whole yeah. fight. He had some great stuff. Um, and then the orange slices. So the orange slices is actually a reference to uh, orange slices were popular as a snack that moms would bring to like t-ball games oh, yeah, no. or like soccer games, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah so that was kind of reference to the fact that this, this showdown isn't actually they're not actually trying to hurt each other or kill each other in any way. Like it's pretty much just a sparring match between all these guys. So that was kind of the Russo brothers, kind of like a wink and a nod as to say like, this is kind of like, you know, a kid's soccer game or something like that. They're just fighting against each other. They're just playing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what that reference was. It was kind of a wink and a nod, just, you know, orange slices. So uh, I didn't necessarily love that line when I first saw this movie, but when I looked up what the joke meant, I was like, oh, yeah, I get it. That's funny. Um, but I also had to look it up. So See, that's I the thing. I, think, I didn't get it just I from them saying orange was, slices. It was like the whole thing ended. He was giant, and then he falls to the ground, takes off his mask, and you have one moment, one sentence of dialogue to make the theater go, <laughs> you know, like it was a, it was a really good uh, opportunity at least just to like get a really good one liner in there and you chose does anybody have any orange slices it's like okay Come yeah on. yeah I mean whatever <laughs> you know yeah uh, good Star Wars reference good Star Wars yeah. reference by uh, Peter Parker got to enjoy that, that movie Empire Strikes Back they're on really the old planet yeah jeez Tony how old is this kid <laughs> um uh but then so the Captain America and whatever get away what did you think about War Machine though. Should have died. What? See, that's the thing. That's the biggest part of this movie that every single time I watch it, I can't get over it. And now when I see, yeah, but I wasn't over. Um, no, but yep. n- now when I see War Machine and anything else, I'm going to be disappointed. He probably won't even come back as War Machine now, though, because he's like paralyzed. Um, but man, um, I mean, they shoot him out of the sky. 
and he's falling and you, I don't know, it's just this really dramatic scene that I feel like these movies need. And that's why Ultron in that, in those final minutes, you know, kind of succeeded to me. I was like, nice, they went there. Um, and maybe they necessarily didn't need to go there back to back or whatever, but I just feel like a lot of these movies are lacking in that, that they're, that they're willing to just do that, to kill off a character. Um, War Machine's not really a necessary character anyway. Well, and he's just another Iron Man. He's just another Iron Man. So, like, having him fall and when he hit and stuff and he hits that hard, like, having him actually die, I think, would put a huge, like, importance on everything that just happened. And, well, and also, like, having check. it... And it was kind of on vision, too. So, I think that, you know, you... You shift the blame from you shift the blame from that to Vision, and it's like Vision accidentally killed War Machine, you know, and because it's like if Falcon actually did it, then that would be just I don't I don't know that would be really difficult uh-huh. to deal with later the fact that Falcon accidentally killed somebody, um, but it's like it was Vision's fault, and Vision is this weird character, so I think that I think that there's something could have been that could have been done there, and it could have been really interesting, and um, I think that War Machine is. He's extra. He could have been killed. You know, he's uh-huh. not entirely necessary. So I think that I think that that is a missed opportunity. And I think it was kind of like them pulling back, being like, eh, maybe we shouldn't maybe kill somebody. We shouldn't kill. It's like they had it written I in think the that, script, and then they just kind of scratched it out. And I think that it would have been a good moment because you know they are fighting, and this all does kind of seem like a kids' soccer match. Like we're just messing around, fighting each other. Um, but then, if there were some real consequences to them being like. Gosh, why did we do that? that yeah, gosh, so what are we doing? You know, like, yeah, what? what are we doing? I, we just accidentally killed somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I thought that that could have been interesting, but whatever. The movie happens the way but it they does, do it. and yeah, yeah. And then you know, uh, so then some of them had to lose the battle to mm-hmm. win for Captain America to get where he needs to go because he's figured out that this guy is behind this and he's trying to wake up these old soldiers. Um, but then you find out that he didn't really. Um, and that guy, Daniel Bruhl's character, uh, didn't want to wake up those soldiers in, at all. He was actually just trying to get the Avengers to fight each other. And looks like he achieved his goal. It's a good Things plot. Went pretty it's well. It's a good plot. Yeah. Well written. It is a good plot. So, um, well, I don't know. Do you want to get into your favorite favorite character and favorite or favorite scene and favorite line here? Well, because, uh, yeah, I mean, um, there's the whole ending scene. I think it's great. And like the video, I really, I do like this storyline a lot. I think I do. It, it's just like starting from the beginning. I think this movie is so, it kind of draws you in right from that beginning, how it immediately kind of goes to that like, kind of snowy surface and it says like a date on it. What is it? 19 something? 90 something 91. 1991. And, um, and then going to Bucky on that motorcycle and him hitting that car and kind of keep replaying that until you get to the end. Like it, it was a, probably one of the most clever plots in any movie that they've, that they've made so far, uh, made so far. I just, as soon as you realize that it's, Howard Stark and his wife, it's just like, it's a big twist, you know? It's like finally a massive twist in one of these movies to where I was like, oh yeah. no, you know? Like, this is bad. Yeah, this guy, this guy got him, <laughs> you know? This guy really had this planned. And so 
it's crazy to see Iron Man and Tony Stark like that emotional as well. And I think he did a great job there too. But uh, I mean, I love when we get into that fight. Like that fight is so good. I mean, they go up into like the big shaft thing and all that stuff's happening and it's crazy. But when they all fall down and roll down into that little thing, little quarry or whatever, um, it's just such a good fight. And well, and also, I hope I'm not stealing your favorite line here. No. Um, but the, I really like that the way that battle's progressing, and um, you know, they kind of they damage uh, Iron Man's ability to fly, and so he's kind of grounded and everything like that. And Captain America is like, like Tony, like he's my, he's my friend. He's um, it wasn't him, man. It was Hydra. Like it wasn't him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't care. He killed my mom. Exactly. Like or yeah. he killed my mother. I think he says he killed my mom. And he just freaking goes to town. And it's like it's true, man. In that moment, you'd be like, I don't care. I'm gonna and kill the, this guy. He and the my thing mom. is, you, Bucky and uh, or the Winter Soldier. I don't even know. I'm confused too. Um, Bucky and Steve Rogers and Captain America. Uh, they actually play on Iron Man's weaknesses, which you don't see very often. But, like, hitting his leg in his thrusters with his shield and, like, knocking out one of them, like, they're constantly, like, just damaging his suit so he's actually getting just torn down. Like, their, their, like their brute strength is overpowering him because he's inside. He doesn't have the air to go everywhere and do all his little stuff. Like, they have him pretty much right where they need him. And they mm-hmm. just, like... They just destroy him. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't. Well, good- oh, you go ahead. Well, I also think that there's something to it, um, and I, I don't know. So they, they necessarily spell this out, but um, I think there's something to it when Iron Man Tony Stark is very emotional in that moment, and he's not thinking logically. Yeah, yeah. Through the fight, you know, he's really not analyzing the situation well because he's just fighting completely emotionally and so i do i do like that element of it because iron man his his superpower is always that he's the smartest man in the room regardless of the situation iron man is always the smartest man in the room and in this moment he's not using not using his superpower and Mm -hmm. so i that's that's kind of where i because part of me was like I don't know if I love the fact that Captain America was able to just damage Iron Man so much, but I think that I think that they were utilizing the weaknesses in his armor, but they were also he was they were also taking advantage of the weakness that he was doing to himself. Yep. So um, that was that was a point that I thought of later in the movie. Yeah, and then it leads me to like my I guess my favorite scene. It's not so much of a favorite scene; it's just a favorite shot. If it was a favorite scene, it would just be that entire last little battle in that small little area. But my favorite right, totally. shot in the movie is uh Bucky grabbing Iron Man's like center light. Like that shot of him like screaming and like tearing through with his metal arm, his chest is like I don't know. It does doesn't get more like more powerful than that to me cuz I'm like, you know, obviously Iron Man ends up ripping his arm off and like kind of owning him, which is totally cool. Which is so sick. But right before then and you see that shot happening, you're like you just don't really think of that that often, you know? Like, he could just rip that thing out of Iron Man and kill him right now, you know? And I don't know. It's just, like, a super powerful scene to me. I just love that shot of him, like, just, like, grabbing that thing. It's sweet. It's so sweet. No, yeah, totally. That's that's a great that's a great moment. And also there's the uh, – um, he's my friend, Tony. And then Tony goes, so was I. Yeah, so was I. 
Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, yeah, it's really great. And I mean, that was big in the, in the trailer and stuff, but yeah, I think that they own that scene. And I think that, I think that they understand the characters that we care about a lot. Um, so, uh, pitting Captain America and Iron Man against each other and seeing what would happen if those two fought is, is pretty sweet. Um, so and I think that that's something I mentioned before is understanding the, the powers of each of these superheroes and how they, how they fight or how they play off each other and, and who would win in a fight in between each of them. And um, I think that this one doesn't necessarily like answer the question as to who wins a fight between Captain America and an Iron Man, but um, who wins, who wins this fight? I guess, you know, Captain America does. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a weird situation and, and it's really, it's really cool. And that's something that, you know, Thor Ragnarok did with Hulk and Thor and, um, that whole, you know, crazy scene was everybody going against each other and super, it's a super awesome movie. Cause that's really what we all want to see. We all want to see these guys fight each other. Cause it's, Hey it's man, it's about. the reason why everybody went to see Batman vs Superman. Except for Batman yeah. vs Superman, just didn't do it. <laughs> you know, they just did it bad. <laughs> they, they did it poorly. Them, they pitted them against each other for about a minute and a half, and then right. they brought in uh, another bad guy. So, um, yeah, very stupid. But oh man, but the mothers were named Martha. Oh gosh. Your mom's name's Martha, too? I'm your friend Me now. Me, too. Gosh, let's be best friends. <laughs> let's be best friends now and join forces. So stupid. And now I'm um, sad when you died. <laughs> Even though I hated you. God. But so, um, but I, I think I finally just figured out your favorite line. So why don't you go ahead? Well, it depends. I mean, I think like that last scene with, um, what, what did you think it was? Oh, I was thinking it was Black Panther. No, Doesn't yeah, say it something? is. Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like the um, the Zemo guy goes on and on about his family and all that stuff in Sokovia. Um, and I almost chose his monologue as my favorite line. Because, well, because it's amazing, man. He says, like, my father lived outside the city and I thought we would be safe there. My son was excited. He could see Iron Man from the car window. I told my wife, don't worry. Um, and then he said, it took me two days until I found their bodies. My father's still holding my wife and son in his arms. And the Avengers, they went home. Like, that whole monologue is just, like, super powerful. Um, well acted, totally. even though I don't like that guy at all. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I like him. <laughs> I just do that to make It's like happy. Emily Blunt. It's a, he's objectively great. <laughs> do you like bacon and eggs? <laughs> do you like... <laughs> do you like a full How do you like eight sleep? hours of sleep, huh? <laughs> but uh, um, T'Challa says... Vengeance has consumed you. It's consuming them. I'm done letting it consume me. Justice will come soon enough. And then Zemo goes, tell that to the dead. And then this is my favorite line in the movie. Zemo tries to shoot himself in the face, like shoot himself and kill himself. And Black Panther just stops it. And then he says, the living are not done with you yet. Oh. Oh gosh, baby! I'm kind of jealous because that is good. Well, it's that like it's like having having Black Panther actually have a large story in this movie, and we haven't really even talked about that too much. But like, dude, after seeing Black Panther now and having that little setup at the end, I was just like, yes, <laughs> like oh yeah, I know, man. He is this so great, like oh. Black Panther is so awesome in this, like, and it. But after watching the Black Panther movie, like, you get so much more jacked. Everything that Black Panther does in this movie, um, and I, dude, I love that. I love the way he that guy's about to shoot himself, and he just blocks a bullet with his hand. He just, just anticipates like, and just like no, no, 
Yeah. Sorry. It's going to stop you from killing yourself. It's great. That's a great choice, dude. That's, and that's probably the correct answer. Um, yeah. Good, good call. I'm going to, I'm going to say mine and okay. it's actually way earlier in the movie. And I oh, wish I would have just brought it up. I wish I would have brought it up earlier because it's not even that relevant anymore. Um, but it takes place when in the, in the room, when they're all talking to each other and Tony starts, uh, when he throws the picture of the boy that was killed in Sokovia up on the, up on the screen. Mm-hmm. And he says, Oh, that's Charles Spencer, by the way. He's a great kid. Computer engineering degree, 3.6 GPA, had a floor level gig, an Intel plan for the fall. But first he wanted to put a few miles on his soul before he parked it behind a desk. See the world. Maybe be of service. Charlie didn't want to go to Vegas or Fort Lauderdale, which is what I would do. He didn't go to Paris or Amsterdam, which sounds fun. He decided to spend his summer building sustainable housing for the poor. Guess where? Sokovia. He wanted to make a difference, I suppose. I mean, we don't know because we were dropping a building on him while we were kicking ass. There's no decision-making process here. We need to be put in check. And whatever form that takes, I'm game. If we can't accept limitations, we're boundaryless. We're no better than the bad guys. And I think that like that that speech sums up Woo. the argument for the for the other side in this movie, you know? Because yeah. they're setting you up to root for Cap in the whole movie. And although you understand what Iron Man is doing, I think that you you're not necessarily supposed to agree with him. Um and so I like that that speech because it does clearly lay out why Tony is acting the way he is and the decision making uh, process that he is going through in coming to the decisions that he is. Uh, so I, I love that scene, and it's just you know the kick and a part. You know, it's like we didn't notice that we killed this poor kid because we were kicking butt. You know, and it's so true because they're so busy just going off and fighting robots and being awesome that they don't realize that some you know, some poor kid just got crushed in a building and yeah. it sucks. So, um, anyway, that was, that was my favorite, that was my favorite line of the movie. And, uh, it's, I it's love probably it. because of that small little bit in the middle of that, but I, I love Robert Downey Jr. And, um, you know, I'm kind of a sucker for any of his, his lines and it's, you know, it's not a funny line from him. It's just a good, it's a just good it's line. It's well written and it, it yeah. immediately makes you identify <laughs> with where he's coming from. And right. That's right. the best. I mean, I think that makes the best movies. Not to say that he's a villain in this movie, but um, that's what you have to do to make a good film. You know, Dark Knight, like Heath Ledger and the Joker, like you get enough description of what like the Joker is and how crazy he is and how nothing matters to him. And that's like the point of him. Like nothing scares him. He cares about nothing. He doesn't care about money. He doesn't care about anything. All he cares about is anarchy. And like, in this movie, you have Tony Stark, and he says that monologue, and you immediately go, oh, well, he actually is, I can kind of see where that guy's, like, he actually might be right, you know? And so it kind of well, makes yeah, you and then tied, you know, the entire way through. So. And they're fighting, you know, and they're fighting, he's fighting his friends, and he's trying to bring them in in his own way. Like, he wants he wants to bring be the one that brings them in and takes charge of the situation, mm-hmm. because if he lets it go any further then, you know, something bad could happen to his friends. So, like, I understand the responsibility that he feels to to try to at least control the situation and disseminate it in his own way. Um, and that was that was interesting. And so at the end, you know, you see all the other that faction of Avengers that um, were on the wrong side and they got caught and they put on put in that cell in the middle of the ocean. Um, 
and I, I really enjoy that little monologue that uh, Steve Rogers has as he sends that note to Tony. Um, you know, Dear but, Tony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's a good note, and you know, I. It was really cheesy that ending, but it was really sweet. You know, it's like yeah. if you ever need a friend or something, I'll be there. Yeah, and then the, it the just cell like, phone in there, yeah. And it just shows Rogers walking up, you know, and like smiling. And I, I was know. Like, That's pretty tight. Pretty. It's a pretty sweet ending scene. So I'm I'm down on it. I'm, My I'm mother in for always it. said I think you can, can never trust a Stark. Who are you? I don't know. Like, <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, but I think that they could have used the Free Willy song right out there at the I end. I think so you know? too. You show that and just da na 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 da na na na. But end. they told me. Yeah. Anyway, too much singing on the too podcast. Way too, too much singing on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I keep kind of, I keep like maybe like humming something, and then I back off because I see you getting ready to go, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna back off so he doesn't go. But then you're you still, encouraging me. Then yeah. you still and I, when I see you, I see you roll your eyes every time I start singing. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> but uh, good voice though. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, so the after credit scene was them in Wakanda and the setup for Black Black Panther. So that'll be sweet. Um, I like I like that. And uh, what was the what was the extra after credits thing? Uh, Peter Parker playing with oh, his little Spidey yeah. gadget. That's right. Yeah, that's, that was tight. That's the, that's probably the best post post credit scene that we've had in a long time. Just seeing, just getting that like little. Last glimpse of Spider Man, you're like, woo! All right, because well, they they know, man. They know. They know. And it says, and it says, so Spider Man will return. And you're like, after the, oh, after this whole movie that's about every other character and even Black Panther, they still end it with Spider Man will return because, because we like, know that yes. you all are clamoring for that guy because uh-huh. he's the best. So um, he is. He's great. the best. He's the best superhero. No he's doubt. Great. No doubt. He's so good. Um, all right, man. Well, uh, great movie, great podcast. Um, I am really looking forward to Infinity War now. Me I just too. cannot even contain my excitement. A few more what, days. Uh, have you got tickets yet? Yep. Nice. Thursday night, eight forty-five. Sweet. Oh, I'm going Thursday night at six. Sweet. Yeah, we got like the um, the special showing, whatever it is cost like extra but they're throwing in like a t-shirt or something what do so. you get a t-shirt uh, no i think it might maybe it's a poster i have no idea it said something extra so what i'm hoping is that and i don't know we're going to an arc light and uh i don't know if they do the special popcorn things you know like the, the, the you can put something in the you know put your popcorn in something like the uh, thor ragnarok i got the big whole can i paid like 15 bucks for or whatever um i'm hoping they have something at least some Man, sort of you prop. live in Los Angeles, though. Like, there's the possibility that, like, I don't know, Robert Downey Jr. would walk in and be like, hey, hope you guys enjoy the movie or something, <laughs> you know? Like, I doubt it, but maybe. That'd be sweet. Dude, they do it all the time, though. I know. Like, you, you hear about that happening. Ryan Johnson did it with The Last Jedi, like, in a couple different showings. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Well, you would have been jacked before the movie. Oh, yeah, before the movie. <laughs> Where is he? Is he still here? <laughs> no, um, but, yeah, yeah. man, I, I don't know, man. I think that, I mean, we've talked about this a lot anyway, so I don't, we don't need to drone on about Infinity War. But, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. Dude, it's I am be... so stoked. We're actually going in, uh, we're going in 3D as well, which went to Ready Player One in 3D, and I liked it a lot. I'm a little apprehensive, but had a friend buy the tickets, and he got 3D, so... Um, just should, go for it. Just going for it. I mean, should be should be great. I just, no. I'm so stoked. I'm so stoked. For yeah, it. and I, you know, I've never been the biggest Marvel guy in the world. Like, I think that we've both been like, yeah, they're fun movies. Yeah, good time. You yeah, know, good stuff. I end up, I end up seeing all of them in theaters, and I, and I always, I always look forward to them. But I'm never like stoked out of my mind or anything. This one, I mean, this, I don't know, the anticipation of this one, it's it's getting me good. It's kind like, of, I'm, yeah, I mean, this is kind of a big one. This, I'm really They've been setting up Thanos since, like, forever. I mean, yeah. Thanos has been, like, the main big bad guy they've been setting up to for so long. Probably, like, what, yeah, 10 man. years? Yeah, he's, like, the ultimate big baddie in this universe, so. And so it's, it's like, this is this is literally the culmination of everything that we've been watching for 10 years. Besides, I guess there's an Avengers 4 as well. That yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know what that. So we'll see. I don't know. Who do you think anybody's gonna piece? I mean, I don't I know. Th- I could see Iron Man dying. I think they'll kill off somebody. Yeah, somebody's gonna die. I, I they'll mean, kill I don't off know. somebody important as well. It's gonna be somebody that we've watched a for a really long time. emotional scene between Peter Parker and Iron Man. Iron you Man call- dies and Peter oh. Parker something. No, I don't know. They, well, they already set gonna- up that father son relationship. You know, I know not father, son, but mentor. See, I still want to see in another Spider-Man to come the whole Uncle Ben situation and what happened. I'd like to. I mean, obviously, we've gotten that so many times, so I understand why they skipped it in the first movie. But um, I don't think they need to rehash or, that. Or they don't need to. I don't think so. No, I, I don't know. I think that we're I think we're set on that. That seems like that seems like the origin of Batman's. Of Batman, you know, like his the pearls on the ground. Yeah. yeah, it just seems like too much. It's like we know, we know what happened. So I don't, I don't know though. I mean, I'm not against it, but whatever. I'm just weird. Yeah. I think I just like to see, just like I don't know, just people die <laughs> in movies. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> I think somebody, somebody's got to die. Somebody in will. This next yeah, one, maybe will. multiple people. Could as long be. as it's none of the Guardians of the Galaxy or Spider Man. Or Doctor Strange, man. Doctor Strange was so good. I just rewatched Doctor Strange, and that movie's fantastic as well. Oh, it's a great I'm, movie. I'm completely caught up. I've watched or everything. Chakras or energy. Energy or chakras or energy. I just want to get that on a loop. Mm, chakras or energy. Chakras or energy. Chakras. Um, I <laughs> have to watch Thor Ragnarok sometime this week, and that's about it. Pretty much there. Great. So yeah. Love it, dude. Um, Looking forward to it. Is this movie, uh, would you rather watch this movie over School of Rock, you think? No. Not a chance. <laughs> yeah, and that's, and that's the weird thing is that it's not, it was not even a question. I, like, I got done with this movie and I was like, nope, I'd rather watch School of Rock than that any day. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if it was like between watching just Spider-Man's scene... And like I could never watch that scene again, or watch School of Rock. 
then maybe I'd watch that. I'd scene, still probably, probably watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> probably still School of Rock. Um, yeah. Gosh, Jack Black is so good. He is, man. What do you think that? Oh no! So this is this is what my main point of this entire podcast is is that the MCU is missing out on a huge opportunity because I know we were talking about including Jack Black as a new superhero and we were saying he should be Rock God or something last week. Bring in Wonder Boy. Oh, what is the figure of your power? Wonder Boy! It's telekinesis, man. Yeah. He could be the next Avenger. He could take Wonder him Boy. far away to his mucky muck land. Yeah, Wonder Boy it. and Nasty and Nasty Boy. Or yeah. What is it, Nasty Nasty Man? Oh, I can't remember the, the lyrics yeah, I think it's to that nasty song. Nasty Man or something. Yeah, yeah. It's it'd be so good, man. See, that's yeah, that's gold. It's absolute they need, gold. They bring need in that. Wonder Boy. They need it. So that's we bring we should, in Miles Finch. We bring in Miles. The Golden Ghost. Written more hits than Doctor Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> Such a stupid line from Elf. It's just KG. It's just KG in that scene. It is. It's Kyle Gass. We met Kyle Gass. I love that guy. Gave him a hug. Told him I loved him. Kissed him on the head. No, I didn't kiss him on the head, but I wish I would have. He probably would have laughed. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, bring in Wonder Boy as the next Avenger. That would, seriously, you would have people like losing their minds if that was the after credit sequence, if it was just a tease for the Wonder Boy movie. Like, oh my gosh be incredible so I'd bring it, it back we want to see it we want to see it um but, well great good podcast yeah great times great great stuff we got some social media stuff going on trying to get out there as much as we can i've been posting on our instagram account uh intermittently but uh throwing stuff out there but if you like if you like our podcast and enjoy what we do um throw out some messages and tell us what you'd like to hear from us and uh please like and share and subscribe on itunes and facebook and and all that good stuff uh yeah absolutely we have a a, in our twitter too um we are at uh brofessor underscore jones on twitter um i'm at bro underscore digs on twitter uh, it used to be Daniel Hunter Jones, just myself, but I don't do that much Twitter stuff. And I figured, hey, I love movies. I'll switch it to Bro Diggs, just because. That's right. My name is Danny Jones, and I am the Diggs. Um, but yeah, Instagram, also just iTunes. Like I think the the biggest one is iTunes. Just you know, subscribe or leave a comment or leave a review. I mean, anything that helps us enormously. So yeah, thank you for everybody that listens. Well, thanks a lot for listening, guys. Until next time, we'll be living our lives a quarter mile at a time. Does anyone have any orange slices? <laughs>